just in case you're wondering what Frontline is as well, in, um, for those of you that weren't here last week, I wasn't here last week. I was on, uh, I was just back um, from, I was going to say sunny Wales, but it wasn't very sunny uh, when I went there. But it was absolutely, absolutely a lovely time up in Anglesey. Very blustery, certainly blew the cobwebs out going on walks up there. But it's great to be back and see you all. We are in this uh, frontline series that started uh, last week, and we're looking at this um, idea of us all having a frontline, a place where we are uh, Monday through Saturday, where we naturally encounter people that don't know Jesus. So that's what we mean by the phrase uh, frontline. And last week, um, we looked at this idea of being a community that, that gathers like we do now on Sunday or perhaps in small groups or other times where, where we gather together with other Christians. But actually, we're not just called to be a people that gather. We're called to be a people that scatter as well, that go out into our different places where we find ourselves Monday to Saturday. And that God's desire is for us to make all the difference in the world in those places. And uh, this morning, we're going to uh, look at the idea of where we are Monday to Saturday, how to try and recognize that those are places or spaces where God is also. We don't just meet with God when we gather, but God is also with us when we scatter. And we're going to be exploring that idea further this morning. But let me pray and then I will bring us our Bible reading. So Lord, as we uh, gather now, to listen to your word and reflect upon it. Reflect upon it. Lord, would you speak to each and every one of us? Would you remind us that you are always with us? Would you open our eyes also to be able to see you? Not just now, but during the week in the different places where we find ourselves. Lord, help us to know your presence, your incredible, holy, and transforming presence now and throughout this week. Amen. Amen. So our Bible reading this morning is uh, taken from Genesis uh, 28. Uh, do get your phones out if you want to um, have a look at it. I encourage you to do that. We do have physical Bibles as well. If anybody wants a physical Bible and hasn't picked one up, if you stick your hand up, I'm sure one of the lovely hosting team will grab one. We have one person down at the front here. We've got two there as well. Three. Anyway, I'm sure you can all count. Um, just as they're handed out, I'll remind you of the reading. It's Genesis 28, and we're going to be starting at, at verse 10 in Genesis 28. If you've got a church Bible, it's on page 30. There's one more down, down here, guys. Go on. Keep your hand. It's coming. It's coming. Awesome. So, page 30, Genesis 28, uh, verse 10. It says this Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth, 
with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. There is, this is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. I'm going to stop there. What a great little passage. Uh, I've got, just got three things I want to uh, share with you from this passage. I like doing three things. It's quite a tried and tested tradition, not just for me, but for uh, many in the church as well. And the first thing I want to share with you is this. God is in the ordinary place. Most people, I hope many of you here, expect and want to meet and experience God during church services, whether you're here in person or watching at home. We love worshipping with other people, singing songs, listening to God's word, perhaps sharing communion together, which we do occasionally as well conversations, prayer. We expect to meet God in places like this. And I also think for most of us, it's not like when we go out from this building or from leave this service if we're at home. We know when we leave this space that God doesn't leave us. You know, we send arrow prayers up wherever we find ourselves. But I, I, I do think, naturally, even for me, and I actually work in this building, when we're sort of going in, in, in our normal life, sometimes we can just go about it and we forget the awesome presence of God is still with us wherever we are. I'm just going to ask you a question. What's the most famous person you have ever met? Does anyone want to shout out if they've met a really famous person? Yes, Judy. You've met the Queen. Lovely. Uh, that's brilliant, hard to trump that. Anyone else want to shout out? Sir Paul McCartney, there we go. Now, uh, quick, this, uh, hopefully this illustration is going to work. It's always dangerous when you do this without pre-planning something. So we've had the Queen and Paul McCartney. Were those unexpected visits or were they planned things that you, where you went and you expected to meet that person? So you had a yes and a yes. Yeah, you see, when we, sometimes we go and we, we, we remember we see famous people and it's, it's really cool, but we're expecting to meet God in that place. But they're just ordinary people. I've seen lots of famous people because I've, I've been to lots of football matches. So I can say I've met Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. You know, I went to Wembley not that long ago and I saw 
lots of famous people. But when somebody asks me, have you met anybody famous? Um, the one that always sticks to my mind um, is, is Andy Murray. And the reason that sticks in my mind is because I saw Andy Murray, not because I went to Wimbledon, but because I went to Wisley Gardens. I was just having a day out with my friends, and there was Andy Murray, literally standing about six feet away from me, with his kids and family, just walking around Wisley Gardens like an ordinary person in that ordinary place. I didn't run up to him, even though I wanted to just give him a big hug and a kiss. I restrained <laughs> myself. I do quite like tennis as well as football. Um, but it was, just, it was just really exciting because it was unexpected to see that famous person in that place. In this Bible reading that we had, sometimes, because God says amazing things to Jacob, and we'll get to some of the things a little bit that God says to Jacob in there, but we skip over one of the most sort of crucial points that happen, and that happens repeatedly in Scripture as well, is that God met Jacob not in a holy place, in a synagogue or a temple. They didn't even really have them back then but just in an ordinary, no-mark place. It was even called, I don't know if you noticed it in the Bible, it says a certain place. It didn't really have a name. There was nothing special about it. Yet this is where God met with Jacob. This happens throughout Scripture as well. This isn't a a one-off. Like Moses meets God where? A burning bush in the, middle of, in the middle of nowhere. He meets with Elijah, not in a whirlwind, but in a whisper in the doorway of a cave. Jesus meets Zacchaeus when he's hanging up a tree. He meets a woman on her own by a well. He meets Peter and many of his disciples when he first meets them and calls them at their place of work, Peter on the shore, a beach. Mary Magdalene went looking for Jesus where she thought she was going to find him in a tomb, but he wasn't there. He was standing behind her in the garden. Most of the encounters that people have with God in in Scripture happen in ordinary, everyday places. Someone once said, no place excludes divine visits. And that includes where you are Monday to Saturday. Can you be excited that God is with you in that place? Not just perhaps here on a Sunday. Have an Andy Murray moment when you think about your places on Monday to Saturday. So the second thing I want to draw out from this passage is that God's presence as well, it brings a transformation. When God shows up, he makes ordinary places seem holy. I love the phrase that Jacob says when he uh, wakes up from his dream. In verse 17 he says, Surely God was in this place and I was not aware of it. God has literally transformed the way he uh, sees the, the place around him. There's a film that goes along with this series. If you're in a small group, you'll watch it. We're not going to have it this morning. But in this film, um, it shows different uh, people in different places. It talks about, for, for the plumber, his place of, of encounter being his, his customer's house. 
for a grandma. It's the front room where she meets with other people, including her, her grandchildren. For the businesswoman, her front line, her place of transformation is an office. For the football coach, it was, it, was a, it was a pitch. I think it would be great, wouldn't it, if God would do more transforming of the way we see the places around us. When we go into those ordinary places, that we go there in the name of Jesus. And they can also become touching points between heaven and earth, like Jacob sees in this Bible reading we had this morning. Yeah, right at the end of it, I love, I wanted to include that phrase where he recalls the, the, the place, uh, Bethel. That, li- that literally means house of God. Wouldn't it be great if we could say wherever we spend our heart line, our, our front line, our, our Monday to Saturdays, that we could name those places Bethel. Places where God is and with us where he resides and when he brings transformation to us and those around us. Because actually, God's home is wherever we are. Your office is a Bethel. Your front room is a Bethel. Your outdoor is a Bethel. The school gate is a Bethel. I want to share with you a little bit. One of the uh, things I got really excited about when I was first appointed uh, to come here to Holy Trinity many years ago now, well, not actually that many, about five years ago now, is I just saw a church that was really blessed, and we still are so blessed. We have lots of people that are so active in the local community, in the social groups and and the makeup of the village. Also, lots of people that have positions of influence in business and work as well. And we also have a world that is so desperately in need of more people coming to know the awesomeness of our God. And I just felt this was going to be a a community of people that could make a real big difference and transformation in many people's lives. And we've been doing that, but I want us to have, as a community and individually, to have even greater influence. God has placed so many of us to be able to see and connect with so many people in our local community and wider field, that I believe you know, we can really make a huge difference in sharing with the world that so desperately needs it, the light and life that comes from knowing God. And I don't think it's as challenging or as fearful as many of us speak. So I hope you're not going to mind me introducing herself as this, but I would just like to invite up an ordinary, she's not ordinary, she's lovely, member of our congregation to come up. I'm just going to ask her a few simple questions about her Monday to Saturday. Kath, would you like to come forward? I don't like calling you ordinary because you're not, but um, I'm just going to ask Kath a few questions. Kath might be a little nervous, but she's going to be absolutely fine. She shared with me before what she's going to say. So, Welcome, Kath. Uh, can you share us a little bit about what you do in a typical week in your Monday to Saturday? So on a Monday, I help at Mums and Babies, um, which is our group that's here on a, in the ministry, and I work with some, well, helps with some other lovely people led by Ada, and um, it's a really lovely place to be on a Monday morning. 
and the rest of your week? Can and you the rest of the week, um, I work as a part-time midwife during the week. Um, I also have a dog that I dog walk. I have friends that I socialise with. I'm married to Simon. I shouldn't put him last, should I? And well, also, sorry about that bit, yeah. And also, I have a 23-year-old daughter. Lovely. Um, big, big question. What do you like about what you do, maybe particularly, sort of, yeah, midwife. midwife part? So, um, I love my job. Um, I've been a midwife now for nearly 30 years. Um, it's been a privilege to be with many women where they've, when they've had their babies. Um, and also in any care before they've had their babies and after in community. So I've had a very blessed career. What might God's purpose be for you in that, in doing your midwife work, and you know, gifts and skills and things like that? So um, I'm quite a gentle and shy person. Um, so this sort of thing for me isn't really very easy. Uh, but the gifts he's given me is my skill as a midwife um, in helping people uh, deliver babies safely, to work in a maternity unit, to manage that unit at times when I was a sister on labour ward. I've always felt his presence with me um, in times that have been difficult because, as you all know, births don't always go to plan. Um, and I've done many arrow prayers up uh, to help me at certain times. Um, I've also witnessed the joy of delivering a baby, which is just immense. Um, and you see God's creation, um, you know, in real time. Um, so I guess that's my gifts. <laughs> Lovely. Um, do you ever do you experience God's presence in that place? Or, yeah, is there like a story or something you want to share with us about? Yeah, I do. Uh, I've always enjoyed working with other people. Um, I've always been very respectful of others, and they, and I feel that then you get respect back. Um, so no matter, no matter what kind of uh, person I work with, I feel um, that you know they come to me if they're concerned about something, and I come to them. I'm quite an intuitive person, yeah. so I can pick up when people aren't feeling so good and when people are feeling good. So I think that's really good. And personally, um, Simon and I had struggled to have a child ourselves. And when I was working on labor war, people used to say to me, how can you do this job when you're helping other people have babies and you're having tr trouble yourself? But I knew if I was patient and if it was meant to be, it would happen. And I was blessed with Sophie and it did happen. So I saw God working there. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kath. You're free to go and sit down. Do give her a little thanks. Sarah, can I just give you that? Thank yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that, Kathy. It's just it's not as difficult. It's just about trusting God and knowing his presence with you where you are. Sharing that peace and that love and that grace in different situations. God is in the ordinary place and God can bring transformation and be with you in those places when we trust him. And the final thing I want to say is that God will work through you. All we need to do is be people that are willing. Let's go back to this passage in, in Genesis 
And the context of, of Jacob being in this place where he's finding himself is because he's running away from his brother Esau, who wants to kill him. And Esau wants to kill him not because Esau's, well, Esau shouldn't want to kill him, but Jacob has done quite a bit to aggravate his brother. He's stolen his uh, brother's birthright by deception from his father and done quite a few other things that have upset Jacob as well, but that's the main one. Jacob is not a squeaky clean goody-goody that God has picked out and chosen to bless because he's so holy and never does anything wrong. That is far from the case. Yet when God appears to, to, to Jacob in this dream, there's, there's, there's no recrimination or rejection. Now what Jacob had done was obviously, or acted, was not right. But look at what God says to him. He just says, he just reminds Jacob of his power and the generosity that God wants to pour into his life. I am the Lord. I'm the God of your father, of your grandfather, and I want to bring blessing to you and to others. That's basically the synopsis of what God says in this. And we worship the same God that meets with Jacob in this passage. A God who is with us. He's come to be with us through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. He brings forgiveness, healing, and blessing to us. He heals and restores, even when we mess up and aren't perfect, which, looking out, is, does happen occasionally to all of us. Even if we've messed up in our places of work or wherever it may be, you are still significant and God can and will still use you. All you need to be is willing. Be assured God can make a difference in your Monday to Saturday. God is ahead of you in that place. He is there without you even realizing it. And when you go through the door this week, I would love you to go through with an expectation that God can be at work in that place and that you'll be able to see it and join in with what God is doing in that place. As I finish, I just want us to, to, to slow down, to pause and slow down. You know, Jacob met God in a dream and maybe that's significant when he was stopping and resting. That's when he met God. So I just want us to, to stop and to pause. I've kind of finished with my three points. But I want you to now have a little pause and think about what God's purpose and calling might be for you in the different places that you're going to find yourself this week. On your way in, you are all given a postcard. Does anybody not got a postcard that wants one. There's a few. My right-hand side, the left-hand side of the church, obviously snuck in much more than the other side of the church did. Probably people that got here a little bit early, actually, many of the, the band. And anyway, as these are going out, on the front just says, presence, per, uh, pressure, and purpose. If you're at home, um, I'm going to read out the three questions and maybe just reflect on that. Uh, 
grab a pen and paper and just, just reflect on this. And just ask you three simple questions. And it says this, for your presence, how do you experience God's presence with you, where, where your front line is? What's the pressure point for you there? And what might God's purpose be there for you right now? I just want to give you a few moments to do that. And uh, yeah, in about a minute, Sarah's going to come up and lead us in some intercessions.